Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host, Alex McFarland. Well, good evening and welcome to a very special edition of Truth and Liberty. Hi, Alex McFarland here, and you have tuned in on the right night, let me tell you, because we're going to be talking about one of the subjects nearest and dearest to my heart, which is impacting the lives of young people. We'll meet Joel Pinton in just a moment and hear about something very, very exciting called LifeWise Academy. And Joel is being used by God to touch our nation, young people throughout America. But we'll get to our guest. In a, in a moment, I want to say welcome. And folks, I wish you could see Woodland Park today. You know, Christmas is coming and Woodland Park and the campus of Karis Bible College looks like Christmas because it's snowing and there's two and a half inches of snow on the ground and uh, kind of feel like I'm in a snow globe, right? But with Christmas coming and with our topic of impacting the lives of young people, let me read a verse. I'm sure you've read Luke chapter two and the angels appear to the shepherds and of course, in Luke 2, 11, those great words, the angels said, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. But I'm going to read Luke 2, 52, because I really do think it relates to what we'll talk about with Joel Penton. Speaking of Jesus as, as a young man, it says, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus grew and as a, a young child was under the sound of the scriptures, uh, Jesus was born uh, to Joseph and Mary, pious, godly Jewish people, and he's the son of God, and he was here to be the Messiah. But do you know what? Young people still need to be raised in, in the knowledge of the Lord and God's word. And at Christmas time, you know, Kids love Christmas generally. Um, Christmas is a time of gift giving. Christmas is a time where we look back at the coming of Christ, but it's also a time that we look forward to his return. In fact, the song Joy to the World, written by Isaac Watts, that's a song really about the second coming of Christ. But Christmas is also a time to think about the world around and how we can make a difference. And that's really what I want you to have, if you would, in the back of your mind as we talk with Joel Pinton. And uh, Joel is a, a decorated athlete, played football for Ohio State, uh, played in national championship games, and for a long time was a speaker. But then he started several years ago, four or five years ago, LifeWise Academy. He's being used by God to do amazing things. We'll talk about these things and much more. I'm, I'm really excited to have on and get to know a brand new colleague and friend, Joel Penton of LifeWise Academy. Welcome, Joel. Oh, thank you so much, Alex. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. Well, I appreciate having you on and a lot to talk about. But um, give people your story. Um, how did you come to the Lord? How did God bring you to where you are at this point in your journey? 
Yes, well, thank you for uh, the chance to share. I'm from a small town in Northwest Ohio and grew up like most kids in my small hometown, going to school, playing sports, really loved the game of football. And um, and really that's where I found my joy. That's where I found my purpose. Um, that's where I uh, found my identity uh, was in a game, <laughs> which is silly mm -hmm. to say, uh, but um, I would also go to church because that's what kids seem seem like everybody did in my hometown. Everybody went to church on Sunday mornings. Um, I, I don't remember hearing the gospel growing up. Surely I did. Surely I heard it a thousand times, but yeah. I must have been deaf to it. Um, it wasn't until I was a freshman in high school attending a Bible study at my youth pastor's house that the gospel became clear of who Jesus is, of what he's done, dying for my sin and rising from the dead. And um, upon understanding that, it, I mean, my life changed. I, I would later read words in scripture about being born again, about becoming a new creation, about having my heart of stone taken out and heart of flesh put in. And I would later read those terms, but I know I experienced them as reality uh, as a freshman in high school. And uh, Christ changed my, my whole life. And one of the things he did was show that he wanted to use football uh, in my life and for his glory and for his kingdom. And so uh, it, it led to me, even while I was in high school, having the opportunity to share my faith and fill in to preach for my pastor and then go on to Ohio State and speak from the platform of a, an Ohio State football player, uh, knowing all the time that it was given to me simply so that I could be able to share the gospel with others. You know, uh, my, my story is somewhat similar. No doubt, I heard the gospel as a child. You know, I, I heard the gospel. I always believed that God exists, but it wasn't until I was 21 years old in college that I, through a Bible study, like you said, it became clear to me and suddenly I understood. But I want to talk about like you being in church and eventually the, the opportunity came along to speak. One of the reasons I love for young people to be in church obviously number one reason to, for them to learn about Jesus. But you know what's amazing, and I think the, the unsaved world misses this, in church you, you learn leadership skills. You, you learn about serving others. Um, I've met many successful um, musicians uh, on the West Coast and they, they're singing secular music, but I say, how'd you learn to sing and how'd you learn to be on stage? They said, in church. Um, isn't it a wonderful multifaceted influence that the church can have in the life of a young person. Oh, it absolutely is. As I think about, uh, you know, even as you're saying this, it's some pieces coming together for me because before I preached on a Sunday morning, what I do, I, I led a Sunday school group for, mm -hmm. I believe it was seventh graders was the first group that I led when I was a, a junior in high school. And then, you know, having opportunities to share in front of the youth group and having opportunities to go on mission trips and all of the, uh -huh. that exposes you to. And, uh, and then, yeah, even having the opportunity to get up in front of the entire congregation as a teenager to first just maybe share an update or share a testimony, but ultimately to share a sermon, um, yeah, I completely agree. It's a great uh, place to, to grow and, and to develop. You know, I was debating an atheist a few years ago, and I, the, the guy was just, you know, kind of trashing Christianity. And I asked him, I said, have you ever been to a church service? And he said, uh, no, I'm an atheist. I said, really? I said, well, what do you think we do in church? And he, it was something pretty much nonsense. And I said, well, you need to come. I mean, obviously, you know, we worship the Lord and we tell people about Jesus, 
But the thing I've told many a person, and this is so true, like raising a, a young person in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, in church you find yourself. Now, obviously, you find Jesus, but, you know, in sitting, you learn to listen and be taught and be teachable. You learn service, uh, speaking. You learn how to conduct yourself. I, one thing that I love about church is it's multi-generational, that young people might be sitting next to a blue-haired grandmother. And uh, um, it's funny, and I want to get to LifeWise, but hang with me. Last night I was prepping for a class that I'm teaching and I was reading an article from the American Psychological Association, the APA. And do you know what? It was absolutely secular, nothing necessarily Christian about it. And on the APA website, there's a, there's a, a very academic article lamenting the fact that people don't go to church as much as they used to because they said, church was such a great engine for socialization and at every age children learning people skills elderly yes. people be, not being alone and um, i know this is not necessarily what you and i logged on to talk about but let me just challenge everybody who's seeing this care about that little corner church the church does so much good in the lives of people, but especially in the lives of young people. Would you agree? Oh, I would absolutely agree. And it's it's interesting you bring it up. We just released a, a book this past spring. I'm sure we'll chat a little bit about it because it is about LifeWise. But there's quite a bit in there about the decades and decades of studies that demonstrate that kids who are plugged into church, kids who are plugged into or faith-based organizations, their mental health improves, things like anxiety and depression and suicide decrease, their uh, character improves, all of the risk factors like drug use and, and uh, alcohol and all those things go down, that it's, it's good for the individual, it's good for the school, it's good for society, and studies after studies for decades have shown us this, and uh, so we should not be surprised at what, what's now happening in our culture. Exactly. Well, I, I want to talk about LifeWise because this is so exciting. And by the way, folks, if you're just tuning in, uh, Joel Penton is my guest, Alex McFarland here. In a few moments, we're going to take questions. Now, maybe you've got a question about LifeWise or how you can start a chapter in your area or, or just how to begin to jumpstart your outreach to youth. The number is going to be 719-619-2341. That's 719-619-2341. If you've got a question for Joel or myself, or you know, even a Bible question, uh, you might think, well, it's off topic. No, we're uh, eager to hear from each and every one of you, and we'll get to questions there in a moment. But uh, Joel, I wanna, I'll start it this way. What is LifeWise? Yes, well, thank you. LifeWise provides Bible education to public school students during school hours. And uh, usually when I say that, people, uh, they look at me kind of funny or they think they misheard um, because, um, as most people know, decades ago, the Bible was systematically removed from public the public school day. And as we were just chatting about, we've been dealing with the consequences ever since. Uh, however, what very few people realize is that in 1952, the Supreme Court ruled that public school students can be released from public school during school hours to receive religious instruction if the program is off school property 
privately funded, and students have parental permission. Uh, however, this amazing opportunity has just been under the radar, very underutilized. Almost no one has ever heard of this. And we learned about this about five years ago and said, hey, why don't we put together a program that any community in the country could implement? And it's starting to spread kind of like wildfire. Amen. Amen. So um, how does this work? I want to make sure I'm understanding you. Um, the, the Bible instruction during school hours, but it's off of the school premises, right? Right. That's right. So the, it, the way it works, uh, in the same way that kids have art class once a week, and we tend to work with elementary school kids, although we do work with all K through 12, but an elementary student might have art class once a week, music class once a week, gym class a couple times a week. We're now able to offer a Bible class once a week for each student, uh, but it is off-site. And so we either pull up in a big red bus that says LifeWise Academy across uh, the side, or we are able to walk them to a nearby facility, and we teach them a Bible class, bring the students back, and then we tend to pick up a whole other batch of students and take them off and uh, off-site and, and teach them a Bible class and bring them back. Now, uh, who leads? Who, who well, leads local the Yeah. Sure. Local communities have a whole team and we help equip local communities with all the tools they need. And so there's a local director, there's a local board, but then there are local teachers as well. We have a teacher certification uh, course and uh, the local teachers, which could be retired educators, could be a pastor's wife, could be really anybody in the community with the uh, proper experience and skills, but they'll teach students. Our curriculum takes students through the entire Bible, Genesis through Revelation on a five-year cycle. So kids tend to start in first grade in the book of Genesis. And by the time they're done with elementary school, they've been through the entire Bible. Oh, wow. That, that, that's awesome. Now, are your, uh, I've, I've just got to ask this because the, uh, the, the pragmatic thing in my brain what about like insurance and liability issues to take kids off of school property, bring them back? Is it, um, has it been challenging from a legal insurance standpoint? You know, there are, there are challenges in the sense that there are a lot of details, like all those um, questions that immediately come to your mind that come to other people's minds. Yeah, what about insurance? What about legal? What about safety measures? What about uh, the systems? And what about donations? You know, all of those details are what we believe has been holding back this practice of what's technically called released time religious instruction for the last 70 years, all these challenges, barriers to entry. And so that's, in fact, these questions are why LifeWise exists, because, because we've raised the money and hired the staff to be able to figure all that stuff out. So we provide the insurance. We have the legal pieces in place. We have all the safety manuals and all the um, instruction manuals and the curriculum and the training and the resources. And so you are right to wonder <laughs> what about all the details. Uh, but again, that is, that's why we exist to, to have all those things in place. Praise God. Well, brother, I commend you because, um, you know, I've spoken on a few high school campuses myself, and I know about the Equal Access Act of 1984. And this 1952 law, I've never heard of it till you and I spoke. And right. I, I like to think that I'm fairly up to speed on the legal ins and outs. And prior to you and I speaking, I'd never heard of that. Well, you and I have a lot in common because as we chatted even before, you know, we went live, uh, I spent a dozen years and I know you've spent lots of time traveling and speaking in schools. I spent 12 years 
speaking full-time in public high schools and middle schools. I've spoken in over a thousand public schools. And until 2018, I had never heard of it. So just like you, I thought I should be an expert on ministry to public schools. If anyone should know about this type of thing, I should know about it. But people in my hometown discovered this was possible back in 2012, before I ever heard a word. They uh, started a program. They bought a house next to the elementary school, renovated it into classrooms, started signing kids up. Their goal was to have 30% of the student body enroll. That was their goal. And the first year they had 60% of all students. By year three, they had 95% of the entire public school, public elementary school enrolled being taught the Bible every week. And at that point, they reached out to me to help them figure out how could we see this grow? How could we see this expand? I had never heard of it until that day, but I immediately, it was clear to me, this must be the single greatest missed opportunity of the American church to reach the next generation. And we've got to do something about it. Well, if you're just tuning in, folks, Alex McFarland here. We're talking with Joel Pinton. So many exciting things to talk about. Joel, what is the website for LifeWise? Yes, you can go to LifeWise.org, L-I-F-E-W-I-S-E.org. You can see all sorts of videos. Um, you can read testimonials. And most importantly, you can click the button that says Find Your School. You can find any school district in the entire country on our website and find out if there's already a LifeWise effort started in your community, even with just gathering, we, it starts with kind of a petitioning process, gathering signatures, you could add your name to the list, you could find out if there's already a movement going. Sure. Uh, for those that may feel led to uh, link arms and pioneer this in their region, from uh, concept to implementation, what's the turnaround time? Yeah, that varies greatly. Uh, you could say about a year, uh, but it really depends on when people get started. If you're getting started now, um, gathering your signatures, we have a 10-step launch process. Uh, it's very simple. Anybody can get it started. Um, if you're starting now, a lot of communities can launch by the next fall, the next school year. Um, and even if you're starting as late as January, February, you could start. Um, but then if you're starting in maybe April, it might take you over a year because you need to wait until the, the following school year. But then, yeah, on average, maybe about a year. So I'm going to ask you this question. I know the answer I would give, but I want to hear it from you. Do young people care about truth? <laughs> they absolutely care about truth. I think that's why we're seeing such enthusiasm, such high participation rates. Kids know that when they're coming to LifeWise and their Bible is being open to them, many of whom have never, they don't even know what a Bible is. We had a kid recently ask, is this a Bible? We had a, a girl a few months back say, wow, these, these pages are so thin <laughs> because she'd never held a Bible in her hands before. She'd never touched uh, Bible paper, but they're, they're eating it up because they know the qualitative difference between when they're learning about geometry and they're learning about you know history and they're learning about all these things in school, which are all important. But then when they're coming to learn about the real meaning of life and the purpose, yeah. you know, for which they've been created there. I mean, it, this is what they've been hungering for. 
Absolutely. Hey, by the way, let me interject this, folks, because I know, uh, Joel, you're in Ohio. I'm going to be in Ohio with my team January 5th and 6th, folks. I'm going to be in Cincinnati, Ohio. We have what we call the Equip Winter Blast. Now, you know, with young people, middle school, high schoolers, the seven youth camps that we do every summer, and we're going to be doing seven youth camps in the summer of 2024. Part of the reason I bring this up is because so many people, they'll, they'll say, you know, Alex, the country's in trouble. What are we going to do? Well, Joel is doing an amazing work. Uh, I feel like God's given us a lot of opportunities, but listen to this, no matter where you are, but especially people in Ohio and the East Coast, January 5th and 6th, Cincinnati, Ohio, Landmark Church. Uh, and it's at my website, alexmcfarland.com and go to events. AlexMcFarland.com. Go to events. The Equip Winter Blast. We're going to do a lot of fun stuff. There, a lot of good food. There's going to be uh, obstacle course and a lot of inflatables in the parking lot. There'll be an inflatable obstacle course, jousting. It's going to be really fun, right? But we're also going to talk about worldview. We're going to talk about what it means to know the Lord, what it means to read the Bible, how to pray. Joel, I've met kids that, you know, at our camps, and we had over 1,200 students last summer, and I want to tell you, kids care about truth. And listen, mom and dad and discouraged church leader, don't think that you can't reach young people. You can. They care about truth. They want to know how to pray. Does God hear my prayers? Yes, he does, and yes, He will. So you can come see us in January. Uh, I've got camps all next summer, equipretreat.org. And then, of course, lifewise.org. I want you to go to that site. But, Joel, to part of the reason I gave that little commercial, and I, my heart just rejoices in what you're doing, this is the time that we have got to give, uh, shall we say, the full court press to reach yes. young people. I mean, this, to me, this is the priority, isn't it? Oh, it absolutely is. And that's <laughs> what you're saying is, uh, although your, I guess your analogy is defense, uh, you know, the full court press, and I completely yeah. agree. Uh, yeah. The analogy that we're hearing is kind of flipped. Um, we see communities and Christians getting so excited about what's happening with LifeWise. It was teaching the Bible during school hours, people who had almost given up hope thinking, you know, separation of church and state, they've removed the Bible, they've removed prayer. How could we ever uh, see this happen again? But then they hear about this and they get so excited. And what we're hearing is people saying, finally, we're going on offense. It feels like we've been playing defense. So we need to stop this. We need to stop this and almost backed into a corner. But here's an opportunity to take back ground to get the Bible to our local public school students. Yeah. So, so let me talk about an obstacle, a, a potential obstacle. And, and that's how have principals and school administrators and school boards reacted? Yeah, I, you know, I thought it would be a major obstacle when we first had the idea. And I thought, oh, you know, this could be really great. There was a, there was that lingering question. How are administrators going to respond? I would I will tell you, though, they responded way better and been more welcoming, more open, open than I would have ever imagined. Um, 
honestly, administrators by and large are begging us to come. They know they have a crisis of character. Uh, we've wow. sat with a, an elementary school principal in the inner city that when we met with her and said, we'd like to start this for her school, that she cried during the meeting and said she had been praying for a faith-based organization to come alongside the school because of what they're dealing with. I believe we are past the peak uh, of this resistance to faith working with our public schools because now they see the crisis, they see the need. And so while we do from time to time have a superintendent or a principal that um, that is resistant, we've been tracking and 93% of the time, 93% of the time when we go to schools and say, we'd like to do this, the door opens up. Amen. Amen. Well, that is great. And folks, let me just say this. Look, listeners, everybody wants to grow their church. Everybody wants people in church on Sunday morning. This is a way that it will happen. Folks, I, I want to say this, and I as enthusiastically as I can endorse Joel and LifeWise. If you, you've got to sort of get out of your comfort zone, folks, and you, you know, do the work, begin to partner, get in schools, and you'll touch the lives of young people. Um, Joel, I've found a lot of young people, they, they crave... Uh, interaction with others, and yes, relationships with grown-ups. I mean, this is a generation, not all, but many never live under the same roof with their biological mom and dad. The, I'm just going to say this, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of kids are very lonely. And when, when mm -hmm. a grown-up shows interest and invests in them, they respond enthusiastically. So, so viewers, this is a way that, that God will bless it and your church will grow. Uh, but Joel, you've got a book and uh, is the title During School Hours, is that the title of your book? That's right. It's during school hours because the concept is so novel to people teaching the Bible during school hours will often say, we provide Bible education to public school students during school hours. And their first question will be, is it a before or after school program? <laughs> because yeah, yeah. it's it's so foreign, they think it's not possible. And so we scream it from the mountaintops during school hours. Now, now can you do you have a copy of your book? Can you hold that up in front I of the do. camera? Look at this, folks. Now, Joel, where can people get this this wonderful book? Well, probably the best place is Amazon. Uh, yeah, you can sure. get it there. And um, and through our website, if you wanted to buy uh, copies in bulk, you could get it there as well. Now, does your book give the model and really tell people how it's done? Yeah, it does. The you know the subtitle is Why and How LifeWise Academy is Reinstalling Bible Education into the Public School Day. And so we first talk about why this is so important, tell the history of how the Bible was removed, then talk about the impact that that has had, the negative impact it's had removing it, the positive proven impact that it can have of putting it back in. And then the whole second, the last two thirds of the book is how we can get this done. We tell the LifeWise story of how it's now happening in hundreds of schools for tens of thousands of students across the nation and exactly how local people can begin the process of starting a local program. Uh, if I may, may ask, are you in all 50 states yet at this point? No, we are not. So we launched our first two schools in 2019. It wow. went so well that we set a, an informal goal to be in 25 schools by 2025. 25 by 25 is what we said. Yeah. And in 2021, 
we were serving 36 schools. <laughs> and since then, we've been growing so rapidly. We're going to be serving about 350 schools this year in 2023, and it'll be across 15 states. Folks, the, the unimaginable is being accomplished. Joel Pinton. Now, you might have questions, folks. Maybe it's a question about LifeWise. Maybe it's a question about just the state of youth culture. Maybe it's a question about your church. Joel, I, I get so much correspondence from people, and they'll say, you know, we have like three in our youth group. And a decade ago, we had a 75 kids. Today, we have one to three. Folks, this is the time to pray, to strategize, to commit, doubly commit to reaching young people. Now, when we come back, we've got a commercial, but the number is going to be 719-619-2341. I want to hear from you. Pick up that phone. Give us a call. Let's talk about doing what Jesus told us to do. Go into all the world, make disciples of all nations. That includes young people. Uh, 10 seconds. We have a break. Joel, quickly, uh, your website. Yep, it's lifewise.org, L-I-F-E-W-I-S-E.org. Folks, stay tuned. Alex McFarland, my guest, Joel Pinton. Truth and Liberty is back after this. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we have big plans to make a big impact. If you want to be a part of turning our nation back to God, I want to invite you to become a supporter of Truth and Liberty. You can go on our website at truthandliberty.net to the donate page and make a gift there. And you can also sign up to be uh, make a recurring automatic gift of $5 or more per month, and then you'll become a Truth and Liberty member. And uh, our gifts to Truth and Liberty are not tax deductible, but I promise you, God sees your generosity. So go to Truth and Liberty and become a member today. Have you been praying about how to make your business your mission field? GospelTruth.tv Business features leadership and financial stewardship training from industry experts. Learn the next steps to building wealth and using it to grow God's kingdom. Tune in Saturdays to GospelTruth.tv Business and watch anytime with GospelTruth.tv Premium. Visit GospelTruth.tv today for biblical teaching you can trust. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. Welcome back to Truth and Liberty. Alex McFarland here. Before we resume our conversation with Joel Penton and LifeWise and we'll get your calls, hey, let me give you some exciting announcements. I mean, today is December 8th as you're hearing this, and uh, I hope you're in Woodland Park because the heart of Christmas is on at 7 p.m. tonight. And folks, I, I know I say this, but this is no exaggeration. If you have been to a play or a production at Karis, 
uh, you know, Broadway wishes they could do a show this good. And the heart of Christmas, it's tonight, but tomorrow, there's a 2 p.m. afternoon matinee, the heart of Christmas, Elizabeth Murin and the uh, more than 100 people of actors and singers and crew. Uh, it's the Christmas pageant to end all Christmas pageants. And you can go to the website, you can go to AWMI, or you can go to Karis and get a ticket for Saturday or Sunday. There's a 3 p.m. Sunday matinee, and uh, you won't want to miss the heart of Christmas. Plus, there's snow on the ground, but the roads are passable. You come up to Woodland Park, you're going to feel you're in Christmas town. It looks like it. So the heart of Christmas is so good. Also, let me say this on Sunday afternoon, if you happen to be in Denver, Colorado Springs, uh, Andrew Womack, and uh, there are going to be rabbis there. I got a text from some Jewish friends this morning. The rally to support Israel. Andrew will be speaking. This is Sunday, December 10th, downtown Colorado Springs, 2 to 3 p.m. It's a peaceful uh, gathering to pray, to show love and support. And folks, I was just this morning on a national uh, radio interview with a rabbi from New York City who's a graduate of the University of Pennsylvania. And the, this rabbi was just lamenting the fact uh, of anti-Semitism. And he, he mentioned how he had a an Israel flag at his house and it got ripped down. And it seems like anti-Semitism is the racism that gets a pass. So whether it's here in Colorado this Sunday or in your own city, stand with Israel. And uh, Truth and Liberty, with all of this good content, we believe will help encourage you in the culture clashes of worldviews that are going on. Uh, another word about Christmas, the live nativity, December 15 through 17, here at Karis on the campus, 6 to 8.30. There's no ticket required. You can go to awmi.net or you can uh, view it on truthandliberty.net. And guess what? The live nativity, and it's amazing. Camels, animals, it's free, plus free hot chocolate. Hey, what's not to like, okay? So that's December 15 through 17. A lot more to say, but um, uh, Joel, welcome back. And we're going to go to some phone calls if that's okay. And before we do, though, I just want to commend you, brother, and say how strongly I applaud what you're doing for God and country by impacting the lives of these young people. It's very inspiring, Joel. Well, I appreciate you saying that, but I, I tell people that... I am compelled. Uh, I, I feel like I don't have a choice in the matter. The Lord kind of laid this in our lap and uh, it uh, woe, woe to me if I don't uh, if I if I don't do, do this. And it's also an absolute blast to be along for yeah. the ride to see what the Lord is doing. Well, well, amen. That that is really great. Uh, well, we're going to go to our first caller. We're going to go to Karen in Washington. Karen, thanks for holding. Uh, Karen, is this D.C. or Washington State? Washington State. Yeah. Hey, well, do you have snow out there? Uh, not yet. Just a lot of rain. <laughs> well, uh, up here in Colorado, we got all you need. Uh, but <laughs> I, I'm grateful for you watching Truth and Liberty. And uh, welcome to our conversation with Joel Penton. Karen, what's your question? Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. Uh, this actually started about two years ago as a movement, and they mean it. 
I just heard on the news at 2 o'clock this afternoon, 12 different states have decriminalized prostitution. And they are also going for it as a legitimate work experience with benefits, Social Security, and whatever else they want. All a Dr. Phil McCraw's show two years ago. I thought they'll never get anywhere. Well, guess what? What's next and what can be done about this? My goodness. So the decriminalization of prostitution uh, making this a uh, career path for people. Karen, uh, it concerns my heart like I can tell it does yours. Joel, I think this is, this is what you get when you push God out of the public arena. I mean, when there's no God and no moral boundaries, I mean, anything can crop up. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is just the fruit of uh, what's been happening in our society. You know, I heard somebody compare what's happening with uh, morality in our society to the parable of the prodigal son that, you know, he uh, took the inheritance, uh, but it, it took a while for the inheritance to run out. And as we removed God from our public schools, as we removed prayer, as we removed uh, uh, the Bible from the public square, um, the we had the inertia of some of that morality. We had that inheritance, but uh, it is certainly starting to run out now. And when I hear about uh, that type of legislation, when I see what just happened in my state uh, with the new oh. amendment in for Ohio for abortion, um, it is not only incredibly sad, it's also incredibly motivating. It makes uh, us realize with LifeWise, wow, our mission is all the more important. What other hope do we have but to inject the Word of God into the hearts of the next generation? We see the fruit of taking it out of uh, a, a few generations. We've got to get it back to the next generation. Well, Karen, uh, in terms of your, your home state, Washington, I mean, is this uh, up for a vote or is this a law already? Uh, is, is there a window of time for Christians and rational adults to mobilize and stand against this? About our state, I don't think it's here yet. But my decorated Air Force son and his wife retired in Maine, where I thought everything would be peaceful and serene, and it's not. That's the first state they decriminalized it in, and there are many, many others on board. With the objective of eventually becoming one day a full-bore legitimate employment, wow. whatever have you. Yeah. Um, well, uh, Karen, please stay tuned to Truth and Liberty and keep us informed about what developments you come across. Um, Joel, in, in my home state of North Carolina, uh, this is 15 years ago, but they brought in the lottery. Uh, for years, they had, you know, staunchly, you know, held out the lottery and uh, casinos, right? Well, I did a study. Our ministry was very young at that point, and I found out wherever casinos come in, it doesn't matter. And look, I realize there's some political dynamics about giving, you know, land for Native Americans. But look, 
And it's, it's mathematical almost. Wherever casinos and the lottery come in, poverty increases, homelessness increases, prostitution increases. What's sad is about uh, the legalization of gambling, and the reason I bring this up, I think folks will see my connection here in a moment, domestic violence increases. Alcohol abuse increases. I mean, look, if you blow what money you have on gambling and you're broke again, that's frustrating. My, my point is, Joel, it seems like so many dominoes are falling. We, we've almost lost our moral compass. And uh, my goodness, legalization of marijuana, le calling for now legalization of harder drugs, legalization of prostitution and with all of the disease and trouble that goes with that. Joel, I think th this is what it looks like when you attempt to do life without God. Yes, that's exactly right. This is the fruit, right? I mean, and when those are the seeds that are being planted, we see the fruit and it's very tempting. And in a way, we should address the fruit issues. As those issues pop up, certainly let's address them, let's attack them. However, we need to also understand that it is a root issue um, and that is the heart. And so our priority has to be the hearts of people and it has to be the hearts of the next generation. If you want to call in, if you've got a question for Joel Penton, you can call in with a question about reaching youth, about ministry in the 21st century. The number is 719-619-2341. I do want to say a word, folks, you might have seen on Tuesday night. Andrew got an award, a, a, a Lifetime Christian Leadership Award, I would say very well-deserved. And so much, it was streamed on Truth and Liberty, among other networks. But tell people about Truth and Liberty, truthandliberty.net. And if you need prayer tonight, maybe all of this talk about God and country, maybe, you know, especially as Christmas gets here, maybe you have some issues you want to talk with somebody about. Maybe you need prayer. We are here for you. And look, no strings attached. But with the Word of God, we'll pray with you. We'll help you get God's solution for whatever you might be going through. And the number for prayer is 719-635-1111, 719-635-1111. Joe, I, I want to ask you a question. And um, with LifeWise, um, I, I mean, I applaud you. Goodness, you're, you've got the infrastructure going. You're reaching out. Kids are getting on the bus, going to a nearby facility. So is, is a LifeWise meeting like one class period or two class yes. periods? How, how do you work that in? Yeah, it, it tends to be whatever a typical class period would be. So if a child receives, let's say, art class for 45 minutes or an hour each week, uh, they'll have an opportunity that LifeWise will tend to be about that long each week and kids will come on a, on a rotation. And so I'll just give you an example. Our largest program serves a, an elementary school that the school itself is a thousand students and there are over 900 of them in LifeWise Academy and so five times a day five days a week a 72 passenger bus pulls up to the school and two classrooms get on we take them to the YMCA teach them a class for 45 minutes bring them back to the school and then two more classrooms of kids get on so that every child gets one 45 minute class throughout the week. And so now in that community, nearly every student 
is being taught through the Bible just as part of their public school day. And schools fit it in differently. Every school schedule is a little bit different. Every bell schedule is different. Sometimes it's during the lunch recess time and they pick up a sack lunch. Sometimes it's built into the existing schedule. But uh, where there's a will, there's a way. And it's happening for hundreds of schools across the country. How does the meeting uh, look? I mean, what's like the structure of the meeting? Yeah, well, it's in some ways a lot like a class. I mean, it's it's an academic setting. I mean, there are desks or tables, uh, but kids come in. Usually we get them going with an activity or an icebreaker type of thing, but then we teach them a Bible lesson. And so uh, we talk about uh, how our lessons have are always threefold. They're head, heart, hands. And so first head, we just examine what's the information on the page? What is the Bible story or the Bible passage? Then heart, we take a step back and we ask, how does this fit into the bigger picture of the gospel story, the overall story of scripture where Jesus is the hero? And so every week we're talking about the gospel. We're talking about how Jesus saves us. That's heart. And then hands, we do ask the question, if we understand this properly, if we're transformed by the gospel, how does this change the way we live? How does this transform our character? And so it's that head, heart, hands uh, process of every lesson um, once a week for the kid's entire uh, school career. Yeah, that that's great. Now, when the child has gone through the whole Bible, I mean, do they get a certificate or something? Or uh, is, is there like an end point? Well, our, our programs will do some different things, especially as kids uh, leave elementary school and oftentimes they'll receive a Bible uh, or a different type of Bible, maybe different parts of their uh, uh, process. Uh, but a lot of our programs will expand. They'll start at the elementary level and then they'll expand into the middle school. And so our curriculum is a little bit different at that point. It, you know, it changes in terms of its age appropriate. And then we have high school classes as well. And so the idea is that they would you know, progress onto the next level. And in some of our high school classes are even for high school credit based on some state laws that's possible, really? as well as sometimes for college credit as well. We partner with Christian universities. And so that the hope is that they're progressing all the way to graduation. Wow. Um, now you teach the Bible. Do you teach any other like, um, is this about life skills or practical, you know, things that you need to know by the time you're 18 or is it strictly God's word? Well, it's all based on God's word. I mean, we are yeah. studying scripture and it is gospel centered. And so we're always talking about the gospel, but then we always are making sure that it is practical as well. And so one of the things that schools really love is that when we are talking through how does the gospel transform us, we will hit on a particular kind of character quality or, or fruit, you might say, uh, each week. And so uh, we'll be talking about uh, responsibility, or we'll be talking about courage, or we'll be talking about gratitude, but it's always tied to the gospel. You know, if yeah. uh, we are courageous because Jesus was courageous and by his spirit, by his power, we can be courageous just like Jesus. And so uh, we're always getting practical and, and building these kids up. So are, are there a list of like outcomes that you're shooting for? I mean, obviously we would want kids to open their heart and be saved and have a relationship with Jesus. But are there other like, you know, I think about Galatians 5, the fruits of the spirit, um, self-control and, and love and, um, you know, the ability to maybe hopefully avoid so many of the pitfalls young people fall into. Do you have your, your list of, of 
outcome goals? Well, to a degree, and certainly, as you said, the primary goal is planting the seeds of the gospel and laboring in hope and trust that God is faithful to, um, that those seeds would sprout and grow and bear fruit. Uh, but there are a lot of things we do track, especially uh, as we talk to the schools, because as you can imagine, as we talk to school administrators, they want to know, is this really going to manifest and change character with our students? And so we just commissioned a third-party independent study that found that when you compare the schools that implement LifeWise to thousands of other similar schools across the nation, once the school implement li implements LifeWise, their attendance numbers go up, their in-school suspension numbers go down. Uh, wow. Kids, even though they're being pulled out of school, they actually get a net increase in class time just because they're that much more likely to show up for school and to not yeah. get suspended. And so, uh, I mean, we're seeing the outcomes and we're tracking them. That, that's awesome. That is really awesome. Well, do they allow you to market and raise awareness? I mean, how do you spread the word so kids will even be aware of it to take a look and, and get on the bus and come. Can you market to the students? You know, it varies from school to school. Some, their policies are that we're able to send permission slips and marketing materials straight through the school in the backpacks if that's their policy. Others we need to take to social media and of course the local churches and the local farmer's market and the parade and all those things. But I tell you what, um, what really does it is the students. As we pull up in that big old red bus and that initial group of students gets on and goes and has an amazing experience and comes back and they're talking about it, we consistently see programs grow because students are talking about it. We had one kind of inner city program that started with 16 total students in the fall. And by May, they had about 300 students <laughs> from the school. And that's because of every week incremental increase as word spreads and kids love it. That That is awesome. Uh, that is so awesome. Now, I've, where do you get the buses? Does every locality need to raise money and get themselves a bus? Yeah, well, every locality needs to raise money for a variety of things. You know, they'll likely have paid teachers doing this. They don't have to, but that usually is what happens. Uh, they'll have various materials and supplies and things. And if you need transportation, now, uh, a decent chunk of our communities, they have an, a building adjacent to the school. So the kids can literally walk with uh, adult volunteers, whether it's a church next door or a renovated home next door. Um, of course, there, there could be costs with those things as well. Uh, but more than half of our communities do use some sort of bus. Uh, it's, you know what, it's less expensive than you would think. There's a bunch yeah. of buses out there that there's not oh, yeah. a big market for people to buy them. So we buy them up and we paint them red. And, and I'll say this, there are costs, but our communities by and large aren't having trouble raising the money. People are getting so excited. They're saying, just tell me what it costs. We'll write the checks. You know, Joel, I was a youth pastor for 11 years and I've been a part of at least two bus pur purchases and you're, you're right, they're surprisingly affordable for, for a school bus and they're out there and very often they don't have, you know, 40, 50,000 miles. Uh, for, that's very doable. Um, so let me ask you this, just thinking. Um, do, do the meetings, once you're settled into your venue, you've got uh, a LifeWise meeting, um, is there music or is it, it's an academic experience? It's not a worship service, right? 
Yeah, it tends to feel most like an academic experience. We will use music, especially we'll have memory verses, and sometimes there's music that goes along with the memory verses. Um, but it is fairly academic, and to a degree, it's geared for kids who are unchurched. The majority of our kids are completely unfamiliar with sure. the Bible. They're, they're asking, you know, I was in a class, and the teacher said, who can tell me the names of Jesus uh, earthly parents, and in tw with 20 kids, not a single one knew that Joseph and Mary were the names yeah. of Jesus' parents. And we have kids asking questions like, "Is is this a church?" And you know, and saying they've never been in a church before. And so it it doesn't tend to look much like a worship service that's designed for Christians. It is a you know, it's a class that's introducing children to these basic biblical stories and biblical concepts and to the gospel. And, and we are, you know, we're praying with students and, but oftentimes we're teaching students how to pray. You know, did you know yeah. that you can talk to God and he hears you? And it's really those basics. Yeah. I was in a school talking to a sixth grader and uh, this student had never heard of Noah's Ark, you know, and I, I, you'd think everybody, maybe even from a toy set, would have heard of Noah's Ark. But it's amazing uh, the kids that they've not heard. But I, at least in our experience, which is pretty extensive, when they do hear, Joel, I think kids respond to truth and biblical truth like a thirsty person getting cool water on a hot sunny day. I, I just think kids are so hungry for something real and true and good. And when they experience the Word of God and they learn about Jesus, they learn about prayer, they learn about the, the verse that says, God is the friend who sticks closer than a brother. I think they respond enthusiastically 99.99% .99 of the time, don't you? They do. They do respond enthusiastically as they're learning these things. I mean, there's a, uh, just recently I heard the story of uh, a boy, his first class in there, and he's hearing the gospel message, and he's hearing about Jesus uh, being raised from the dead. And he turns to the uh, teacher, uh, the volunteer beside him, and said, is that true? You know, just with this excitement, like he'd never heard this before. Is that really true? And they're getting yeah. so excited. And you know what they're doing? You can tell because now they're getting their families involved. They're taking it home and they're saying, mom and dad, do, do you know about this? And hey, can we get plugged into a church? And we have stories that just flood in of families getting reconnected. I was preaching in a church in Eastern Ohio recently and a, a family came up to me and said, thank you for what you're doing with LifeWise. We're here today because of LifeWise, because our daughter got enrolled in the class. We signed her up because we thought, you know, it won't hurt, won't hurt to, for her to have some Bible in her life. And out of her enthusiasm, we found our way to church and we were just baptized recently. And so, oh, wow. You know, the, the enthusiasm is real. I tell people, um, you know, I played football in college at Ohio State. And so I tell people, I'm not a huge soccer fan. In fact, right. there's not much that can get me out to a soccer field. But I'll tell you what, every Saturday this past fall, I was at a soccer field and it's because my kids were playing soccer. And so that's what Amen. took me out. And that's what's happening with these kids and their parents now getting involved as the kids are involved, the kids are excited, and the family's coming along with them. Yeah, I've got a text here from a viewer on the East Coast who says they need this in their public school system. Uh, what do we do to pilot this and get it up and running? Joel, seriously, people in real time are saying, I hear this, I need it. How, what, what's step one? 
I'm gonna. I'm glad you said step one because we do have a simple ten step process to get this going. And the very first step is to find your school on our website, LifeWise.org. Click the button that says Find Your School. You can search any school district in the nation, find your district, and then it says you can voice your support. The first step is getting 50 signatures, 50 people saying, yes, we want this in our community. At that point, we can move on with the additional steps. And so that's why anybody, literally anybody, can get this ball rolling. Even if you think, well, I can't organize this, I can't lead it, I can't teach, that's okay. You can get the ball rolling by adding your name to that list and then sharing that web page, your school district's web page, with your friends, with your family, with your church. And you, you'll be amazed that God will raise up the right people in your community. We've now officially received inquiries from more than 15% of all school districts nationwide. And it's just wow. individuals who are finding the website, adding their name to the list and beginning to share it with people in their community. Joel, um, for those watching that are intercessors and and pray, what are in as as far as you're aware, what are some of the most unreached school districts in America? Whether you know LifeWise has gotten there or any other ministry, but um, if we were going to really prioritize prayer, where would you say we need to do that? Well. Um... You know, you'd, you'd be surprised if I would have tried to make a list before we started what school districts would be the most challenging to get in and what school districts wouldn't. I would have been dead wrong because some of those that seem to would you would think would be the most challenging, maybe because of politics. Some of those administrators are feeling such a squeeze due to character and, and due to what's happening in their schools that they're, they're sometimes the most welcoming. And so I I'd encourage you to pray for all schools. Um, but also, just pray the Lord would raise up uh, workers, right? The the Amen. harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And uh, we have tried our very best. We don't have all the answers. We don't, you know, haven't figured everything out. But we've tried our best to put together a, a process. A process that's simple and straightforward. And I would just pray that the right people would hear about it. The right people would jump on the website. They'd add their name to the list, and God's people would just be raised up for this work. Amen. You know, just even as we speak, um, Joel, I was watching in the news last week how in Florida a teacher uh, was beaten by a student and just a brain injury hit the floor just brutally. This is, I don't know, a, a middle schooler, but big boy beat the teacher up. And then, of course, today a student um, was in court to be sentenced to life in prison. Uh, the kid looked like he might be 14 or 15, but he went two years ago and uh, somehow procured a gun, shot mm. and killed four of his peers. And I think about how the outcome would have been different if a LifeWise group had been in the lives of these young people and said, you know, by the way, God has a plan. God loves you. Life has a purpose. Um, we've got a break. Folks, a lot more to talk about, a lot more to come. Joel, give your website if you would. Yep, it's lifewise.org, L-I-F-E-W-I-S-E.org. Folks, stay tuned. Truth and Liberty is back after this. Are you in ministry and want to connect with other like-minded ministers? Andrew Womack founded the Association of Related Ministries International, or ARMY, to serve, equip, and empower you for success in your ministry through relationships, community, and resources. But just being a part of this 
um, being filled with the Word of God and with Army and fellowshipping, knowing that I have other ministers with me, it is awesome. We have met such precious people through Army. Uh, there's people I know I can call when I'm in a jam. Ministers have a safe place to come. We can unify and unite for the kingdom. As an Army member, some of the benefits you'll enjoy are Bible teaching correspondence courses, regional advocates for personal support and ministry, regional events for networking, one-on-one -on -one ministry and encouragement, our monthly newsletter, and more. You don't have to do ministry alone. Join this growing network of dynamic and elite ministers from across the U.S. and around the world today. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. Welcome back to Truth and Liberty. As I'm talking with Joel Pinton of LifeWise, I'm thinking about the Bible verse that says, train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. We'll resume our conversation with Joel in just a second, but I want to say a word to you. I've been in meetings this week, teaching here at Karis and working on next year's camps and uh, so many things, and the movement is growing, folks. People are watching. People are being spot inspired. My goodness, we've had everybody from Ken Ham to Kevin Sorbo to elected officials to ministry leaders. Next Tuesday, which is just going to be the 12th, I'll have Jack Hibbs on, an amazing pastor from California. Now, on Monday night, December uh, 11, Richard Harris will have Brad Dacus. I've been on the radio with Brad Dacus. He's amazing. This is all about the battle of worldviews. This is about staying informed, staying equipped, staying encouraged, and staying fruitful. So please tell people about Truth and Liberty, truthandliberty.net. And then also, let me say this, the gospel is free. No doubt about it. The gospel is free, but it takes resources to deliver that free message. And maybe you would feel led to become a partner with Truth and Liberty and donate. If you would give at least $5 a month, you become a partner. And I want to encourage you to go to truthandliberty.net slash donate. But, you know, even if you can't do that, and I wish that you can and will, but if you just go to truthandliberty.net slash subscribe, we'll send you all the emails, the articles. I've got an article I'm writing right now on Christmas that's going to be released to the AP Wire service. You'll get all the things Richard writes and whatever I write. And so subscribe to Truth and Liberty and be a partner and let's stay equipped and let's stay encouraged. Well, our guest uh, this evening is Joel Penton doing an amazing work and again, his book, if you're just tuning in, hold, hold that book up if you would, Joel. I love this. During school hours and hit us with that subtitle. Awesome subtitle. Yep. The subtitle is how, I'm sorry, why and how LifeWise Academy is reinstalling religious education into the public school day. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, I got to tell you a story and then I want you to speak to the value of investing in young people because, um, oh, I guess 21, I, I got to do staff devotions for the Billy Graham ministry. 
in Charlotte, North Carolina. They had, I don't know, three or 400 staff. So a young man came up, you know, just all American, 27 year old, I'm gonna say. And he came up to me and he said, Mr. McFarland, do you remember me? And I said, oh, I'm sorry, but I don't really remember you, but uh, refresh my memory. He said, well, you came to my church when I was about uh, 11 or 12 years old. And I said, okay, well, that narrows it down to 2,000 churches. Uh, anyway, he said, I came up and asked you, what can I do to serve the Lord? Um, and do you remember what you told me? And I said, well, uh, probably I said, go to law school and become a constitutional attorney and defend religious freedom. And he looked at me and the memory began to come back. And he said, that's exactly what you told me. He said, I was about 11 or 12. And I said, I, I don't really feel called to be a preacher. I'm not gonna be in a pulpit, but how can I serve the Lord? Said, so Mr. McFarland, I was in middle school, way back then in middle school. You said, go to law school, become a constitutional attorney, defend religious freedom. He said, sir, that's exactly what I did. I passed the North Carolina bar, at, went to Chapel Hill. He said, now I work for Franklin Graham. And when he goes to speak on courthouse steps and the ACLU challenges, he said, I file the briefs and I keep the doors open so Franklin Graham can, can speak. He said, I just want you to know that I've tried to do what you challenged me to do. And I was about to you know, cry and I saw his boss, the senior counsel for Samaritan's Person, Billy Graham, about three weeks ago from today, Justin Arnott, a great attorney. He said, Alex, oh yeah, he's one of the best we got and he is making a difference. Now, here's my point, Joel, and I, I know you've got stories too, but people, um, when a young person is watching you and they're, they're maybe evaluating how real Christianity is or isn't by the importance it is in your own life grown up, and then they ask advice, you'd be amazed, folks. You will be amazed the influence that you can have in the life of a young person. Joel, I've seen it. I give God the glory. I completely give God the glory. But, but I think we grown-ups have much more opportunity than we may realize to shape the trajectory of the lives and the souls of young people. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, children are being influenced. Young people are being influenced all day, every day. It's not just ra <laughs> random, uh, you know, what happens with them. And that's our opportunity. And we're either going to take advantage of that opportunity and step up to the plate and, and be an intentional influence in the lives of our children and grandchildren and communities, uh, or we're going to abdicate that to uh, whatever it is, the screens and culture and that type of thing. And uh, similar to you, the number of times people have uh, come up to me and shared um, how uh, they've been influenced. I was in a parking lot uh, not too long ago, and, and somebody came up to me in this parking lot and said, hey, are, are you Joel Penn? I said, I said, yeah, and that always makes me kind of nervous. I tell people that the true test for if uh, someone cares too much about Ohio State football is if they actually remember me because I wasn't a marquee player. But uh, somebody came up to me and said, are you Joel Penn? And I said, I said uh, yeah, and they said, uh, I heard you speak 15 years ago. Yeah. In, yeah. in in an arena. And I just want you to know my life changed that night. And 
And that was just a 30-minute talk. And to think that we have the opportunity to really invest into the lives of those around us. The kids are, they're looking. They're, they're, they're looking for examples. They're looking for influence. And they're going to find it somewhere. And we need to step up to the plate. Joel, do you think young people, many of whom have had negative experiences, say, with an earthly father, do you think young people find it hard to accept the love of a heavenly father? I think that uh, young people can struggle with that. And I, so I think that's why teaching is so important and clarity is so important um, because it can go either way, right? They can, um, if there's a lack of clarity, they can say, well, fa father equals bad, right? Um, and, and they can struggle with that. But if we can explain to them and teach them and show them scripture that shows, no, in fact, it is, in some ways, the failure of your father and the the uh, hole that you feel from that, the lack um, that you have from that, that shows your need for a, a truly good father, um, it can it can have the opposite effect. And so, I, yeah, I think everybody struggles with that. And by God's grace, He can use the great fathers to point um, to point uh, children to the true father, and He can also be a, a father to the fatherless. Mm -hmm. How do you begin to teach the Bible? And uh, perhaps you can give some pointers because no doubt, you know, a lot of people watching, maybe they volunteer in Sunday school or youth outreach. Give us some pointers about how to teach God's word to young people, Joel. Well, I would say keeping the gospel at the center is the main thing that we like to do. I think it, it can be very tempting uh, to become moralizing with mm -hmm. kids, right? That we can try to read uh, the Bible as a as, as merely a book of heroes and villains, you know, that, uh, you know, be like Abraham was over here and uh, don't, well, and don't be like Abraham was over here, right? Or yeah. be like David and uh, don't be like Goliath. Uh, but uh, instead teaching kids that the only one true real hero is Jesus and that um, Jesus is the truer and better Abraham who left his homeland on a quest uh, of in faith for God. Jesus is the truer and better David who fought the only enemies that could ever really defeat us, the only giants that could ever really defeat us of Satan, sin, and death. And so continuing to bring everything, everything back to Jesus, that this entire Bible is pointing to to. Jesus and to the cross, um, sticking to the basics with the kids, I think is what's critical. What are some of the questions that kids have about God, about Jesus, about Bible stories, about life? Um, I'm sure you've heard some interesting questions, maybe some surprising questions, maybe even some poignant questions that tug at your heart. But what what questions are on the minds of the youth that you minister to? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, as you imagine, there's all sorts of questions. Some of which are uh, comical if they're um, <laughs> if they're mixing up the stories or if they're uh, not understanding. But kids, uh, they'll have some really deep questions as well. You know, oh, the, yeah. the the standard ones of, you know, if God made everything, where did God come from? You know, and sure. It, and uh, how do we how do we know this is true? And so we try to equip our teachers right at the beginning uh, to teach uh, the introductory lesson is about the Bible itself, you know, about revelation itself and what is scripture. Um, yeah, but those questions come and some, uh, you know, come 
uh, you know, from kids that not only have not been exposed to these things, some that have been taught contradictory things. We had a student, actually a Muslim student, that signed up for our class. This was a an elementary school Muslim student who didn't think their parents would sign the permission slip, so they forged the, the permission slip to get okay. into LifeWise Academy. We could tell it was a forgery, so we said, no, we can't take this. You need to go get your parents' actual signature. And so they were able to do that. They were able to uh, really get their signatures. And so we had this Muslim student in the class, and they were nonstop questions, and a lot of them were about grace. How mm. can God forgive? How does this work? And right. um, that's that's the beautiful time when, when kids are so engaged that they're asking those questions. That's the gold. Wow. Powerful stuff. Folks, we're talking with Joel Pinton of LifeWise. Look, I've been around the church community of America, 2,200 churches. Everybody, every church is asking, how do we reach young people? LifeWise is a way that you can do that, and your church will benefit from being involved. I urge you to look at the website, lifewise.org, and look through the uh, process. Pray about it. Folks, you can do this. Pray about it. You can be involved, and God will bless it. Well, we're going to go to Missouri. Heartland America, Missouri, Frank, uh, thanks for holding, and welcome to Truth and Liberty, Frank. Good to have you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just too awesome having a conversation about Jesus. Amen. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, the, the scripture came to me today, Revelation 19.10, that says uh, that the testimony, what does it say, uh, Alec? Revelation 19.10. I'm looking it up right now. Revelation 19.10. It says... Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So anytime that you start talking about Jesus, you are uh, engaged in prophetic things. Wow. I mean, the simplicity of talking about Jesus. And, you know, my yes. question really is about, is about uh, leaders being on fire and not just, you know, picking this story and that story and that story, but being able to show, you know, the practicality of of, a, of an Alec McFarland. That's uh, how many years did it take you to uh, to uh, uh, you know uh, allow the Bible to become a practicality in, in your life? You know, I'm still well, still I'm yeah I'm still working on it, man. No, yeah uh, the. Uh, the, you understand what I'm saying? And then, you know, the message of Jesus, uh, if, if you could get the message of Jesus from Genesis to, to Revelation in one breath, you know, the seed of woman, the pastoral lamb, the great, I have praised the pillar of cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night, the prophet risen of, you know, uh, uh, five, five books right there, uh, uh, the kinsman redeemer, the captain of the Lord of hosts. If we could, if we could get on fire to, to be able to speak those things and then say, wow, you know, hey, this is not just a, yeah, this is not just, you know. Uh, a hey, hey, Frank, forgive me for interjecting, but, you know, I, I think what you're saying is, like, if, if the kids see the teachers on fire, they're going to be on fire. And, Frank, thank you so much. I love that Revelation 19.10 you mentioned. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. We need to give this prophetic word to the young people, the Scripture, the Word of God. Joel, um, the kids that come, they need to see adult leaders that are authentic and genuine, don't they? Oh, they absolutely do. And and that's, in fact, what 
what we see, right? Is that the it's the relationships with the teachers and also the volunteers. We have an army of volunteers that are just, you know, everyday church members. Many of them are retired and it's the relationships they're forming and the kids see something different. They see a different passion. They see a different purpose in these adults and and that's where you see great things happening. And on top of that, I mean, the spirit of prophecy, uh, we are ministering to these kids in hope and faith that we know the word of God is effective. It is powerful. There's something supernatural that happens that's different than when the kid is learning about algebra, right? I mean, it's yeah. the word of God that is alive and goes to work in their hearts. Amen. That's wonderful. Wonderful. We're going to go to AJ in Colorado. AJ is a subscriber, as every one of you can be if you go to truthandliberty.net slash subscribe. Uh, AJ, thanks for holding. Welcome to the program. Hey, Alex, Mr. Penton. I was wondering, uh, do you train your staff in apologetics? Um, and how often do you have to address the wrong science and evolution that's being taught in their normal classes? Good question. You know, we don't tend, yeah, that is a great question. We don't uh, tend to do a ton of training on that. We get into more of that at the middle school and high school level. And so in the elementary level, which is our classes are predominantly elementary school, uh, we're focusing on the biblical basics. And yes, those types of questions come up, but we tend to stick to this is what the Bible says. This is the Bible story. And then when kids get into middle school and high school, we do get into more of those worldview issues, things of um, concepts of meaning, morality and destiny and um, and all the, and origins and all of those things. Mm -hmm. uh, th that's a good question. Do, do you feel like, Joel, that in your volunteer recruitment, do sometimes prospective volunteers feel uh, sort of intimidated by the prospect of being up in front of young people? Oh, I think some of them do. And our, our typical volunteers, we don't, they don't have to get up in front of the young people. You know, they're usually walking kids across, they're driving the bus, that type of thing. Our teachers, they do. And our teachers, we have a, a full gamut of training for them. Uh, however, we find that the Lord is raising up very qualified, very experienced teachers um, in every community. We just are experiencing there are people there to get us started. There are people there that to take the baton and lead it. There's people to that have already had the experience and been equipped to teach. And there are people there to fund it. It's just getting the word out and getting it started. Do, do localities have to incorporate uh, their, their chapter? That's a great question. And they do not. That is, again, one of the uh, in some of the infrastructure and the resources that we're providing to make it as easy as possible, as simple and straightforward as possible. And so um, they have their own dedicated budget. They have their own dedicated fund. Uh, but all of the infrastructure in terms of how to receive donations and HR and you know all that boring stuff, we yeah. provide that infrastructure so you don't have to basically start up a whole organization. Wow. Let me ask you this. Um, and uh, hey, this is great. This is nothing but good news, and I applaud you. I know I've done a fair amount of media interviews about the Satan clubs. I hate to even bring this up, but um, I've spoken at schools. I've been on panels and media interviews, and it's almost like there are secularists, atheists, activists of all strata, and they cannot 
tolerate the fact that Christians are getting their foot in the door. So they retaliate and they, they start just, it's, it's not that they care about kids, it's just for spite, really. But if a school, as I understand it, you correct me if I'm wrong, but if a school has like a policy and they open the door and LifeWise can come in, does that on, on a legal sense also open the door that some, uh, you know, very aberrant group, if they wanted to, could start a copycat program with something anti-Christian? Oh, absolutely. And in fact, they already have. There's uh, um, uh, an organization, I believe I, I saw it, it called uh, Hellion Academy, which is a, a spoof off of LifeWise Academy. I saw, uh, in oh. fact, a, a, a Facebook group come up uh, called DeathWise Academy, which actually photoshopped with our logo <laughs> to make it DeathWise Academy. Wow. And it's, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. It doesn't bother me, and I think it's kind of funny. And in fact, I think it serves us well. I mean, the question comes up. Administrators ask that question. They say, "If we allow you to do this, won't we have to allow the Satan Club when they come around?" And I say, "Absolutely. We are not afraid of competition. We want the gospel to Amen. be in the open square, the marketplace of ideas. It will win that battle." And so we say, "Oh, please." Please, could the Satan Club invest in a bus that has Satan on the side of it and let the LifeWise bus and the Satan bus pull up beside each other and just see how many kids get on the LifeWise bus versus a Satan bus? Go ahead and let parents decide whether to sign their kids up for LifeWise Academy or DeathWise Academy. That battle does not intimidate us in the least. The only thing that we're trying to avoid is silence on the issue. Oh, wow. Well, you know, I love your spirit here. About 10 years ago, um, I went through a series of, I debated a lot of atheists. Uh, in a 10-year period, I was probably in 50 or 60 debates. And Joel, there was a time in Texas, a group, I don't know if they still exist, but they started the Church of Atheism. And, you know, on the first, uh, I forget, I think they met on Saturdays or something. But this atheistic church, they had a few people, and then it, it precipitously dropped off, right? So I was in this debate out in South Dakota, and this atheist activist said to me, he's, this was as serious as it could be. He said, it's just not fair. Uh, you guys, first of all, you have songs, and then you have like all these dates on the calendar, like Christmas and Easter and Thanksgiving, and people come around for that. And then you have, you know, uh, a scripture, and you've got unfair advantage. And I said, well, in other words, what you're saying is that we Christians have reality. I mean, <laughs> we, we've, we've got... Our Savior was born at Christmas. Our Savior rose from the dead that we celebrate at Easter. Our Savior gave his eternal holy word, which is infallible. Our Savior sends the Holy Spirit. Uh, yes, the body of Christ goes back 2,000 years, and we have buildings. But uh, you're you know, griping and grousing about the fact that Christianity uh, thrives and atheism just fizzles, I guess you're saying that one is real and one is false. And I guess if that means we have unfair advantage, well, that's just, I guess, one of the perks of knowing the true and living God. You know? I, lo I love that line of reasoning. And I also, <laughs> I love that this atheist is using the education 
that he received because of Western Christian uh, education gave him to be able to have this conversation. I love that he is healthy and free of disease because of Christian hospitals that provided that for him. And I mean, the world, he, he's exactly correct. The world in which he lives has been given to him by God uh, and through God's people. And he, yes, is upset of having to live in reality. And so, you know, he's conjured up a fantasy world in which God doesn't exist and everything came from nothing. You know, I, I truly believe, and, and Joel, I want to thank you for being on Truth and Liberty. This is so, this has refreshed my heart. And uh, listen, I'm just in my mind strategizing how I can help uh, maybe um, raise awareness for LifeWise. But, but let me say, as you and I are doing this program, Christmas is coming. Wouldn't you agree that um, one of the most urgent needs young people need to hear is that you matter to God. Look, life isn't always easy. Life isn't going to be perfect. But God is real. God does love you. Jesus is as close by as a prayer. And so much we could say, but here we are in December, Christmas. Christmas proves that you matter to God and God has a plan for your life. I think every youth in America and the world needs to hear that. Um, we can't be silent. We've got to go tell them. Wouldn't you agree? I would absolutely agree. And what a joy it is to be able to have that message of hope in a world that seems so um, at times hopeless um, that we get to tell them that, the, that there is a God. And not only that, it's a God who could have left us in darkness, who could have left us to our own devices, but instead he stepped out of eternity and he stepped into history and he came in the most humble way imaginable, uh, literally born in a barn and then marched his way to a cross where he shed his blood for us and then defeated death and Satan and sin on our behalf. What a privilege that that's the message that we get to share with others and we get to share with now a world that most people haven't heard it. And so uh, what, el what else could we possibly want to do with our time? Hey, totally random question here. Do you ever miss football? Oh, you know, I, I, I get that a lot. Um, I miss some of the, um, you know, camaraderie with the guys and being in the trenches with the guys. And there are certain aspects I miss. Uh, but to be honest, not a lot. I, I played football for quite some time. And my view of sports is that sports are their games that are for children to prepare children and instill in children what they're going to need to live real life. And so I'm very grateful to athletics. I'm very grateful for to sports for what it instilled in me. But I like real life better oh, yeah. <laughs> than just playing a game. Yeah. Wow. Well, you've distinguished yourself on the on the field and off. Um, one last question that just came in over email. Um, what about homeschoolers or private school kids? Is this just um, aimed for public schools or is there a way for those in other uh, forms of education to be involved? Uh, there are other opportunities. I mean, our focus is public school. Uh, public schools, public school students, because those, those are the ones that don't have Bible education as part of their school day. And, uh, you know, private Christian schools don't necessarily need LifeWise Academy. They can teach their own Bible classes. Uh, right. Homeschools, of course, can have Bible lessons. However, it is very typical that homeschool families 
will engage with LifeWise and will send their students to the local LifeWise program. And that's a great way for them to engage with some of their um, their peers of the same age. In fact, I haven't shared this yet, but my family homeschools. We have five children, ages 14, 13, 11, 8, and 6. We homeschool all of them. It gives us a lot of freedom to, to be able to travel and visit our programs and all of that. And my, my children are enrolled in LifeWise Academy that just launched this fall at our local school here in the suburb of Columbus. And so, yeah, we love to engage with homeschool families. So I've got to ask you this, because I was asked this by a journalist yesterday, and my staff is texting me a question, that, uh, but I'm going to ask this. Um, is Taylor Swift important to teenagers? Well, is Taylor Swift important? I, I don't know a lot about it. In some ways, she it just would got appear. Yesterday, she Times Person of the Year. Well, and, it would appear yeah. she is important. Whether she should be important is a whole other question. But it would appear there's uh, people are, this, yeah, students are looking to her. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, do teenagers, uh, do they, are they, because uh, I, I don't think they're as obsessed with celebrities as they were in, like maybe when I was coming up. Um, I, I think kids, I mean, they're obviously aware because kids are very right. attuned to what's going on in the world. But I don't think kids care as much about famous people as they care about the acceptance within their peer group. Do you think that's right? Oh, well, right? There's, there's no question about that. You're exactly right about that. And I would say in terms of the fame and whatnot, things are much more fragmented now. And so whereas oh, yeah. there were a dozen real stars when I was a kid, like, you know, a dozen. Now there's dozens and dozens, hundreds because of the how media has fragmented in so many ways, but always and forever, the issues are the same. And when I speak in schools, I tell of my story of being rejected by my close friends and how challenging that was. And e even with all the changes in technology and culture, that speaks to kids. And you could hear a pin drop when they hear about rejection, because ultimately the hard issues haven't changed at all. The oh, yeah. outside is it has a different package. You know, psychologists tell us here are the three things, acceptance, significance, security, acceptance. Mm -hmm. Do I fit in significance? Do I matter security? Am I safe? I still think it's hardwired into the human psyche to crave those things, acceptance, significance, security. And um, that's that was the case. Uh, don't you think, Joel, that still is the case? Oh, it absolutely is the case. And the truth is, as we know, that we can have a shadow of those three things in this life, but we can't have any of those ultimately apart from connecting with our Heavenly Father. Amen. Well, Godspeed to you, brother. You're helping thousands and thousands do that. The website is lifewise.org. I'm so honored to know who you are, to know about what you're doing. I hope we can collaborate. And folks, uh, pray for Joel Penton and his growing staff. Be a part of it. You can learn more at their website, lifewise.org. Hey, to your family, uh, Joel, Merry Christmas, brother. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you. And thanks for the honor of this conversation. Indeed. Folks, this has been Truth and Liberty. Tell your friends about Truth and Liberty, but most of all, tell somebody about Jesus. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. 
Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty 